0: Welcome to our series of special podcasts from business in Vancouver, honouring our recipients of the Chief Financial Officer of the Year Award. I'm Kurt Point, Publisher and Editor-in-Chief of BIV. The awards and our podcast are made possible with the partnership as the presenting sponsor of the Chartered Professional Accountants of British Columbia and with the sponsorship of TELUS. We're very grateful for their support, particularly during a quite challenging year. It has been a very challenging year for almost all businesses and our six recipients are emblematic of how financial stewardship has excelled in many instances in our province. Our guests today are two of the six winners. Other podcasts in the series will feature the other four. CFO Andrea Johnson of Pinnacle Renewal Energy is the winner in our large public company category. And Amy Lam of the Charter of Public Accountants in British Columbia is the winner in our publicly accountable category. Congratulations to both of you. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Kirk.
0: Listen, uh, I'll start with you, Amy. It's been an extraordinary year, right? Uh, nothing like we've ever seen. Help me understand what you've learned.
2: Well, um, you know, the the pandemic uh, hit us uh, right at the time when uh, it was at our f- uh, financial year end oh. and in, in March. So, um, and as we know, Um, the world basically flipped upside down in two weeks. So what we learned was that uh, we needed to adapt very quickly and reflect the current environment in our business plans. Um, So for example, uh, we quickly reviewed our operational plan and adjusted our financial forecast um, so that we have a good idea of where we are financially so that we can um, adjust our expenditures to uh, make sure we preserve our cash flow. And again, casting um, our minds back to March, uh, when there was significant uncertainty, I think uh, preservation of cash flow was uh, paramount yeah. to ensuring that uh, we survive uh, financially intact through this pandemic. So, um, so we—that's what we learned was that uh, we really need to have a good handle on our. Uh, um, Uh, finances and where we are financially um and then uh the second thing we learned was how important um cultural capital that we already have with our staff uh uh, really helped us um work so effectively uh, remotely so we closed our office um i remember march 17th and um uh, and we we had our teams working remotely like within days. So the collaborative and transparent workplace culture that we do have in place allow us to work successfully um, while working from home. And, you know, we've been working really hard to maintain that culture, even though we can't get together anymore. So we're trying to keep uh, the same social events, even though we're doing them virtually now. Uh, so for example, we held our annual summer um, social uh, this past summer, um, although virtually, and uh, mm. um, you know, and and everyone seemed to really enjoy that. So, um, but yeah, we're we're really paying attention uh, to that.
0: And, and Andrea, walk me through what you think you've learned.
1: Uh, it it uh, goes without saying that uh, one of the key things we've learned during this period is is the importance of communications, and mm. of course, we've all had to learn new means of, of communication. Uh, We don't have the opportunity to get together internally as a team uh, very often at all, and certainly with our external stakeholders. And during a time of so much transition, change, uh, new risk profiles, uh, we have to use the new methods uh, effectively, learn how to use them effectively, and use them uh, even more frequently. And um, throughout our careers in business, we hear about the importance of communication. But if I think about uh, the things that we've come across during COVID, uh, it starts first and foremost with, uh, with our employees in terms of safety. And we run a number of different uh, wood pellet uh, production facilities in the US and Canada, including some in Alabama. And we mm-hmm. had to communicate safety measures across, uh, across cultures and not only to keep our employees' safety within different uh, safe uh, within different regulatory regimes, but making sure to be able to continue to deliver uh, to our utility customers who are very dependent on our products, uh, no matter what's going on uh, in the world. Um, so communications with employees internally, certainly my own finance team, as Amy mentioned. Uh, we're learning how to communicate with uh, with people that we used to be able to just lean across uh, to another desk and uh, and collaborate quite easily. Now you have to sometimes plan your collaboration or or again look to new technical tools to be able to do that. Um, we we had to collaborate with our uh, and communicate in a different way with our bankers mm. um, with with the risks that come up during COVID and the the importance on cash management. um, We had two major capital projects underway. We're building a new facility in Demopolis, Alabama and a new facility in high-level Alberta. Uh, They were certainly very keen to understand what was happening with our cash flow with our business, but also uh, what the impact is on our ability to complete our construction uh, uh, sites on time and on budget. Um, so we uh, we very quickly had to get new forecasts together, but also reach out to a large syndicate of lenders and talk to them about what was happening and collaborate with them on a, an amendment to our credit facility to make sure that during COVID, uh, we de-risked the business for our shareholders and our stakeholders uh, so that we could continue on with, with the growth capital plans. Yeah. Um, So, uh, you know, and I I could go on certainly communication with customers who used to come and visit us and be able to see our facilities, talk to senior management, uh, communication. Certainly, I work uh, very heavily in investor relations, and uh, many of them uh, were concerned with what they saw in in March in the capital markets, um, and then uh, really wanted to understand the risks in the business. So... Um, so, I've spent uh, the last few months just constantly on uh, Zoom, re- Ring Central, uh, all of these different methods, and really staying in touch with those stakeholders so that they would uh, understand where we're going.
0: So, really good uh, detailed answers from both of you on this one. I, let me ask you, Amy, to start. Uh, when a pandemic hits, though, how does a CFO have to lean in?
2: So uh, I think, Kirk, you alluded to it in your introduction. I think during times like this, financial stewardship is extremely important um, because, uh, you know, um, it's the lifeblood of a business. And uh, if you don't have clear visibility on what your financial position is, you really don't know what you can do and what you cannot do. So, um, as I said earlier, uh, because we we had um, uh, we got a clear uh, picture of where we are financially, we were able to, for example. Um, uh, provide support to our members by delaying uh, the uh, collection of dues. Uh, we did that, um, we deferred the uh, collection by three months. And, but, you know, in order to um, to do that, we really need to understand, like, again, from a cash flow perspective, uh, can we uh, afford to do that? Um, so, uh, you know, in terms of, uh, uh, from a financial perspective, uh, definitely um, really uh, need to have your information quicker. And I also feel that, um, again, uh, and I'm sure, you know, the same with Andrea, you know, as a CFO, you're just in charge of such a a wide uh, array uh, of portfolios. So, you know, the the safety plans um, fall uh, on... uh, my portfolio, you know, sounds like the same with Andrea. So, you know, since March, we have updated our uh, COVID safety uh, policy and safety plan three times already, just to reflect um, what are the the new guidance coming out of uh, the provincial government, uh, the the provincial uh, health officers uh, guidance. Um, So uh, so that, uh, again, you know, uh, being led out of our uh, people and culture department, um, but as I said, that falls under a CFO's portfolio. So um, you know, it's so, all so the- you've
0: uh, you, you've redone your safety plan three times. Can I ask you how many times have you redone your budget?
2: <laughs> We've redone our budget twice since uh, March.
0: Okay. Yeah.
2: Yes. Yeah. That,
0: uh, that was a tough time to to have a year end. I guess right.
2: Yeah but again you know um it you have to uh you know and another, another thing i've learned is you can't be mar- uh, married to a plan or right. a blueprint right because things are just changing so fast and so you need to uh, incorporate the environment into your plan like as quickly as possible um so uh um yeah your your budget gets stale dated very quickly in the current environment and you just need to Uh, um, pivot just as quickly.
0: Yeah. Andrea, tell me a little bit about how a CFO leans in at an unusual time like this.
1: So certainly financial forecasting and other tools of of financial resilience. Uh, So we went through uh, very methodically uh, all of our decision points about things like levels of inventory to maintain and uh, various investments to make sure and and again preserve capital and, and thus also approach the banks, as I mentioned. A key uh, contribution I think the CFO can really lean into and, and make at times like this is in the uh, the realm of enterprise risk management as a whole. Yeah. And uh, my team uh, works with all of the other departments on looking at, at the risk to them. Um, we, we ship all of our products for export uh, to Europe, the UK, and Asia. So I worked with our shipping and logistics team to really understand during a time of COVID, what's going to happen with shipping companies. Uh, we heard of ships that were stranded out uh, because nobody would let ships come into port for risk of, uh, of infection. Uh, we looked at our customers. We're, we, we provide very few sales throughout the year but they're worth tens of millions of dollars. So customers that we felt were very credit worthy when we entered into a contract in this whole world where there was a dramatic financial shift, we had to quickly go back and look at our process of uh, customer counterparty credit review um, and so forth throughout the whole enterprise risk management process and provide that leadership and visibility to the rest of the team.
0: I, I, should, I suppose I should ask you. Then uh, it sounds like that was a bit of a surprise. But uh, what what has most surprised you, Andrea, in all of this time?
1: What's most surprised me, I must say, is is on a a good side, is that people did adapt and uh, and adjust, uh, and for the most part, uh, people, uh, be it employees working from home, um, leaders continued to provide leadership and and adapt their work styles. Our, uh, our suppliers have very quickly adapted when we've uh, made new requests of them. And our teams, which uh, these are fellows working in an industrial setting, they've adapted to working with masks on uh, throughout all of their shifts mm. and making sure and following protocols. So um, we talk a lot in business about change management and how difficult it is to make change. If you'd asked leaders a year ago, "Oh, could you imagine a world where your whole accounting mm-hmm. team has to do year-end from home?" There's a "Oh, no, no, no! We need two, three years to plan ahead and, and adapt." But um, uh, we uh, we're planning our year-end audit completely remotely this year.
0: Wow! Yeah, Amy, what what surprised you the most?
2: I I would have to agree with Andrea. I think how quickly, um, particularly on on the technology front,
0: um,
2: again, uh, you know, prior to the pandemic, we certainly had uh, um, projects uh, in the pipeline in terms of technology adoption. Um, as well as looking outwards at our members and the various businesses, you know that our members support, um, and we're uh, keeping our, you know, the pulse on technology ad- adoption. Um, and you know, uh, BC has not always been the quickest uh, for adopting technology, um, but with the pandemic, uh, a I think uh, the need to adopt technology um, has really accelerated, uh, and I've been really pleasantly surprised at how well uh, businesses have adopted technology. Um, Again, I think to Andrea's point, um, you know, a year ago, two years ago, if you were to look at the adoption curve in BC and the the business community, um, you wouldn't think that, um, that it would be so quick. But, for the most part, um, I think that uh, businesses have been able to uh, you know uh, to to adapt and uh, implement the technology needed to um, to to uh, deploy a new way of doing things. Um, and that is the same with uh, with um, CPA BC. So um, within our own organization, I have been uh, really um, uh, pleased with how. Uh, Quickly, we've been able to uh, deploy our technology. So just to give you an example um, You know, uh, one of the big in-person events that we do every year um, is uh, You know on-campus in-person recruiting events where we go out talk to students about um, uh, the potential of uh, CPS a career um, Mm -hmm. etc Uh, Well, this year, we were able to source um, a new uh, platform and able to do the entire um, uh, career fair virtually. So um, I think from beginning to end, from the time we were able to source the platform to deploying the technology, um, took us three weeks.
0: Wow, that's pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. Andrea, uh, I'll ask both of you this. We'll start with you, Andrea. What was your proudest moment in this time?
1: Hmm. I think the proudest moment in this time is within my team, uh, we determined that we needed to make a change in what some of the the team members were doing uh, to adapt to the high level of growth that we have um, Hmm. and uh, more expansion south of the border. So we were able to to give thoughtful communication to people that were being disrupted. Uh, They were remaining with the company, but in different roles, and then be able to successfully onboard uh, into new roles, uh, the new people. And and I really feel for, you you read articles about students starting a new job remotely. Um, We've now onboarded five different people remotely, and it it does take extra care and attention but i'm really proud at how both uh both uh, from a a team uh feeling perspective we've been able to bring them on board uh and then certainly very much from a technical advancement and uh being able to bring them up the curve on their contribution to uh to our process
0: good Uh, amy what about you proudest moment in this time
2: um I have to say, you know, my proudest moment is um, how uh, well and quickly uh, my teams came together. So, uh, you know, my portfolio is corporate services. So, you know, includes uh, IT, uh, people and culture, finance, data analytics. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, our teams are, are the, the teams that support the rest of the organization Uh, as they uh, um, deliver on on their operational goals and objectives. And I have to say kudos to my team. They really uh, pitched in and did what was necessary, um, regardless of what their normal day-to-day role was. Mm -hmm. Um, So, uh, you know, uh, uh, a communication team uh, also in my portfolio. So, for example, you know, they... uh, Drop whatever they were doing, and then uh, quickly developed a, um, a COVID resource uh, web page on our website um, for our members, as well as uh, for members of the public. Um, you know, our, our IT team, uh, when we had to work remotely, um, our IT director uh, made sure that everyone had the equipment to work. Uh, including, um, I mean, there's a uh, uh, commitment for you, you know, running down to Best Buy to make sure that, uh, um, you know, we had uh, all the cell phones needed for everyone um, to stay connected uh, so they don't have to use their home phones and landlines.
0: Yeah, I think it was like um, a Boxing Day sale down there. Uh, <laughs> yes.
2: So so it. I was just so impressed with yeah. the commitment by uh, by my teams as I said to do what was needed yeah. um, regardless of how messy it may look so
0: yeah I, I asked both of you earlier about you know what you'd learned and, and you answered about your operations I want to ask each of you now what did you learn about yourselves Amy?
2: Uh, you know I again um, I learned that uh, uh, you know, as a leader, um, we really need to be uh, adaptable and agile. Um, again, thinking in terms of planning, uh, you know, even three years in the current environment seem a long time because of the tremendous amount of uncertainty uh, involved. And so, um, you know, so as a leader, I- I've really learned that, uh, um, you really need to you need to be agile, like almost um, need to take a pulse check, like a month to month, to see <laughs> yeah. where things are at and um, and if things are still on track. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing I learned is. Um, you know, and to be open and uh, uh, base um, decisions on data. So um, as I said, we have a data analytics team um, that reports to me because uh, I've learned that again, you know, these are really unprecedented times. So historic knowledge, um, experience, trends may not be applicable. Um, So, or, or even relevant. So you really need to uh, uh, rely on um, uh, data uh, as you're deploying, uh, you know, uh, technology or programs to see is it really working.
0: Sure, Andrea, tell me a little bit about what you learned about yourself in this period.
2: Um. I'm I'm a
1: pretty busy person with lots of direct and indirect reports and internal and external stakeholders. And um, when you're trying to get a lot done, it's pretty easy to rely on the keyboard. Um, And with the even more technology, it's easier. And that um, stroll down the hall to sit down with somebody and really understand what they meant by their latest communication um, started to get... Um, you know, obviously we couldn't do that. And, uh, and to the extent you have to schedule those interactions, they were becoming less prevalent. So I, I really, it emphasized for me personally, the importance of, of getting face time, even if it's over technology, uh, to, to understand uh, what somebody else means, and then make sure that I'm communicating most effectively. Uh, Mm -hmm. Because I, I was, Trying to to communicate organizational change. And you can't do that through a a well-crafted memo um, as effectively. And I think another thing I really learned personally, um, and we have good conversations about it in my team, is um, I've got employees who have young children who weren't in daycare, soccer camp, or anything all summer. Mm -hmm. And um, so I I watched them and I watched myself on. How do you manage your workday when you're sitting in, as I am in my dining room, they're maybe sitting in a small apartment with two kids that they're trying to contain in, a, in another bedroom. Um, so really, how do we um, adapt our, our work days, be more flexible um, so that we can get work done, but also maintain balance? Um, it's Absolutely. pretty easy. When I get uh, an email late at night, I can sit down at my desk and and get back to work. But maybe that's not the most effective thing to do.
0: Yeah. I'll stay with you here on on this one, Andrea. I mean, we're talking now in mid-October. What's possible to predict? And what do you think isn't possible to predict now in the year ahead?
1: Well, it's, it's interesting because, of course, we're all, you know, When is there going to be a vaccine? When are we going to be back in the office? Are people going back to the office, and will they go back full time? Um, What is the future of the workplace and how we work together? So I I think a lot of those questions people have started to say, relax. We we don't know those. It's very hard to predict. So it get control what you can control. So what we're working hard to predict is how will we get year-end done in February uh, with assuming that uh, our auditors will have to go to our plants but they'll have to work very effectively to not uh, bring any disease from an urban center into a very remote community. Um, so we're, we're just carefully planning ahead uh, what needs to get done and, uh, and we, we do have good predictable financial results now that we've, we've gone through that risk management pro, uh, process and de-risk. Um, and so just planning ahead for business as usual and planning on how to keep people motivated, um, how to uh, celebrate successes and recognize individuals.
0: Yeah, tall order. Amy, what, what do you think is predictable now and unpredictable now?
2: Well, I think, you know, unpredictable would be, um, uh, you know, when will we get a vaccine and and all of that. But I think, uh, you know, what is predictable um, is that uh, the the pandemic has uh, profoundly changed how we uh, view a workday, how we uh, um, evaluate the performance of our staff. Um, and how we work. So uh, we are already um, looking ahead and preparing um, that, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, you can call it the new normal, the next normal, whatever the phrase people are using, um, that uh, there we will have uh, some portion of our staff who would want to work from home some portion of the week on a more permanent basis. So, um you know, compared to pre uh, pandemic, I would say ninety percent of our uh, staff worked in the office so i'm I'm gonna uh, say that uh, that's pretty uh that's going to be a safe bet that there will be we will have people who would want to work um as i said permanently some portion of the week from home and so how do we prepare for that how do we take learnings that we are um that that we have gained from the current experience so that uh we can take that forward with us you know some of the technology i mean like uh Honestly, we've had Zoom for two years, but we've never used it as much as we have in the last six months. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah, so, so you know, and, and that's just an example. So how do we take uh, learnings um, that we, we have gained during this time forward so that, um, you know, that we can still be effective when, I don't know, like let's say 25% of our workforce on any given day is not in the office. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: yeah, so. exactly. I, I'm going to ask the last question of both of you again, and uh, give me as as candid an answer as you can. Um, do you like your job more than you did before the pandemic, Amy?
2: I have to say yes and no. I, I think uh, um, certainly um, I have not felt as impactful as I currently do mm-hmm. uh, in in all the years of my career. Uh, I mean, it, as I said, because things are changing so quickly and I, I really feel the Responsibility and and the impact that I'm having on the organization, um, but you know it is challenging. I mean, I do miss going to the office. Although I am in my office today, I do miss going to the office. I do miss seeing people. <laughs> it's not the same on Zoom. Um, and and uh, and there's, I mean, no doubt there are more stresses uh, now than before, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yeah. And Andrea. Yeah. So.
1: So for me, I guess one of I have friends that ask me, "Gee, haven't you been doing this a lot of years? Uh, aren't you uh, you kind of bored by it? Are you ready for something else?" And and I always say one of the things I love about my job at this stage is you're helping develop and coach and mentor a lot of other people. And uh, and I really enjoy that about my job and, and help identifying people with potential. And and it's definitely much easier to do that when you're working in, in the same space and able to get together. And I do really enjoy uh, talking about Pinnacle and what we do and getting out and engaging with, with investors, uh, uh, bringing bank analysts to sites and, and showing off what we do. Um, because we are helping uh, with a, a decarbonized world. Um, so I really miss that part. Um, I, I, what I do like, though, is from working from home, sometimes when you're in the office, you're, you've got a deadline, but you're waiting for other people to get things done. And now I can head out and go for a walk in the middle of the day, knowing that I can look at my phone, oh, it's come in, head back to the desk and get things done. Mm. Um, so, so I personally really enjoyed the work flexibility. Um, I have a relatively long commute from a Vancouver perspective, and I've enjoyed having that time back for me personally. And, and again, uh, putting less uh, carbon into the atmosphere.
0: Mm, Very nice. Good answers. Great answers and a great conversation. I want to thank both of you for joining me today and congratulations again. Thank Thank you. you. Our other podcasts in the series are going to feature our other four winners, Simon Boddymore of Task Top Technologies, Greg Gutmanis of Diversified Royalty Corporation, Hitesh Kazari of the BC Children's Hospital Foundation, and Don Matheson of UBC Properties Trust. We're going to have a modest in-person event for the winners, October 27th at the Terminal City Club, and invite you to watch it online or at our BIV.com site. I'm Kirk Point, publisher and editor-in-chief of Business in Vancouver. Thanks so much for joining us today.